We welcome you back to the Christian Apostolic Center podcast with your show host here as always, Alex Spooner. For today's sermon post, we have a message preached by Pastor Brian Spooner of CAC. The message is titled, Committed to the Change. Pastor Brian deals with the story of the man that was sick at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. He starts in John chapter 5, verse 2. We hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening, and God bless. The Bible said after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there he is at Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, of halt, of withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. And whosoever of them first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. A certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. Verse number 6. And Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto the man, Will you be made whole? In our vernacular, he is asking, Do you want to be made whole? This is the beginning of a two-part message. This is part number one of a two-part message, which is entitled, Committed to the Change. God bless you if you're standing wherever you are. Be seated. The scene of today's scripture, our text, the Bible calls the, the place or the pool of Bethesda. The Bible said that here and gathered in these pools or in this place of five porches was a great multitude, the scripture said, of sick people, of blind, of lame, and of withered folk. They were all there, according to Scripture, waiting for the moving of the water. It was at a certain season that the angel went down and would trouble the water. And when the water was troubled, the Bible said that the first person who made their way into that pool after the angel had troubled the water was made immediately whole of whatever infirmity that they had. This miracle that we're talking about is, we've been talking about the miracles of Jesus and the lessons that are in the miracles, and this is probably the one that I have found the most exciting. It's probably the one that I have found some of the greatest depths in the lessons that God would have us to learn. And it again, it starts off by saying it was a certain man. There goes Jesus again, uh, Bishop, uh, concerning himself with no-name people. There he is again. There he is at it again, just walking about, and the Bible just calls him a certain man. Isn't it amazing? A great miracle was performed in this man's life. He had a great testimony, and nobody even knew his name. But they knew the name of the one who performed the miracle. Let me admonish us today that the first lesson of our lives is never to promote our name. It's never to have our name mentioned. But it is always, above everything, to have the name of Jesus Christ mentioned. Here he is messing again and talking again with no-name people. He had an infirmity, the Bible says, of 38 years. He was lame and he could not walk. 
It's interesting that I'm sure that at the beginning, follow me if you will for just a few moments, I'm sure that at the beginning of his life, when this sickness began to take hold, he was still doing okay. He, he still probably was having some aspects of trouble, but he was still doing okay. And, and I'm sure that his friends were still bringing him uh, and visiting him and talking with him and encouraging him and saying, hey, it's, it's okay, you know, um, uh, just, just hang in there. And I'm sure that throughout his life, those friends were there. But I'm sure also that eventually the flow of fellowship would cease and no one would come around anymore. And it's most definitely according to the word of the Lord that by now this 38th year of having this infirmity the Bible said, and he says with his own words, that there is no doubt he was alone and he was hopeless. But on this day, on this particular day, it would be a day like no other. When the sun rose, he knew nothing of this Jesus of Nazareth. But before the sun would set, his life would be forever altered. The pools of Bethesda are situated not only in proximity to the market, but they are also in proximity, if you remember in our trip, Bishop, they, they, uh, they are also in proximity to the Temple Mount. They are also in proximity to the temple, not very far away from the market or to the temple. And it would be every single day, throughout every single day, People and priests, the Pharisees, the religious would come through this particular area on their way to the temple to do their church, to do their duties. They would pass through these five porches with all the blind and the lame and the sick, but they gave them no mind. They, didn't, they, they gave them no mind. They just simply passed through them and passed around them. And the reason that they gave them no mind is because they were religious, but they didn't have relationship. They may have had a pomp or a presence about them, but they possessed no power. They may have known the Scripture, but there was no substance in their lives according to the Scripture. I think we should be aware today and wherever we are that while our gathering together here is scriptural, while coming to the temple or to the church building is scriptural and it is encouraged and it is admonished and as we know uh, from us not being able to gather here, we now realize how much of an important part it was of the body of Christ for us to gather together. But let us be aware that while gathering together in the so-called temple here or the building is good and it is encouraged, let me admonish us that the real multitude of sick and lame and blind, both naturally and physically, they are not in the temple, so to speak, but they are in the streets and we walk by them every day when we are about our lives or about our business. 
and we cannot afford to be like the scribes and the Pharisees. If we are religious with no relationship, if we have a presence about us, but we don't have any power, if we know the scripture, but there's no substance, we will not do them any good. We will not be, we will just simply look the part, but we won't have, we'll have a, it'll, it'll be all show and no go. But we have to know that while gathering here is good, the real host of blind and lame are not in the building. They're in the streets. They're between where you are right now and you're gathering into the house of the Lord. Let us not be so callous to come and gather into the church ever again and walk by the gas station attendant on our way and think that he's not coming to you. The church has to go to them. The church has to go to them because that is where they are. But I want to tell you today, I felt as I wrote this down, I felt that this was a, an utterance of prophecy. And so I wrote it down and I, I penciled it in. I tell you that a new day, and you take it for whatever is worth, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I am prophesying to you, to everyone under the sound of my voice, and those who will hear it in the future, that a new day is dawning. When people, here's people who when the sun rises, they may not know nothing of Jesus Christ, but when the sun sets on that day, their lives will be forever altered. How can you be sure of this pastor because God speaks to his church in the whirlwind and we're in a whirlwind but God speaks to his church in the whirlwind in the hard times in the tough times when seems like everything's out of control that's when God speaks to his people and he's in the whirlwind today and through this whirlwind God is speaking to his church and I am prophesying that a new day is coming a new day is dawning when we go about our our business and somebody who doesn't even know Jesus Christ before the sun sets they will have a divine encounter at the hands of the church of God at the hands of the body of Christ and I know this because in 2020 the church is becoming what she was destined to be a light in the world salt in the earth a city set on a hill that cannot be hid we are becoming a people of the name, reconcilers of mankind to God. We are ambassadors from another world, proclaiming the word of the king that cannot be reversed. We are becoming a people who are proclaiming the gospel to the poor, healing to the brokenhearted, deliverance to the captive, recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And to this prophecy I say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. There's coming a day like any other day when we will no longer, God is setting his church up, when we will no longer be going about our business as usual. 
even if we're able to get back to the normalcy of our lives, there's something going to happen in this season which will cause you to look well beyond yourself and recognize that I don't care if you got 10 zeros at the end of the one or if you don't have any, all the gold and the silver is still his. The cattle on a thousand hills still belongs to him. And if he supplied one way to you, he can supply another way. God's word is still sure. And the word of the king cannot be reversed. He shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory. But we're not going back. You hear me? We're not going back to our normalcy. We're not going back to business as usual. God forbid that we go back to business as usual because there are pools and there are multitudes of people who need an encounter with Jesus Christ. And it's not inside the four walls that that's supposed to primarily happen. It's out where they are. And I'm telling you that a new day is dawning. I am prophesying and I feel it in the Holy Ghost. I feel it in my spirit that God is changing us, that he is moving in us. And we've got to come to the place where we are committed to that change. Let us move on and examine this miracle a little bit deeper. Part one of this miracle, part one of this lesson, excuse me, about this, this message. Part one is about what is said in verse number six. It's all about the question. Part one is all about the question. Will you be made whole? The question is not asked for Christ's benefit, but for the lame man's benefit. The examining of the whirlwind that's happening right now is not for Christ's benefit. It is for our benefit. The question that was asked of Christ was not for Christ's benefit, he didn't have to, he, 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 it wasn't for him, it was for the lame man. The question was faced to him because Jesus knew that there was little to no hope of helping this man unless he faced the fact that he was sick and he needed help. The question was asked 2,000 years ago, but it's still the question that has to be answered first. It's still the question that has to be answered today to you, to me, to everyone. Do you want to be made whole? You see, the beginning of this miracle was the question that Jesus asked him. I know you're a no name. I know where you are. I know you've been in this condition. But I want to ask you the question, do you want to be made whole? You know, that's the question that's got to be answered before another step can be taken. One would think that it's simple to answer. One would say, do you want to be made whole? You would think that it would be very, very easy to answer. But this answer has, cannot be lip service. This answer has to go beyond just the words of our mouth, and it's got to go down to the depths and to the intent of our heart. You'd think it might be simple to answer this question, but pride is the great foe of God's promise in the lives of humanity. It takes the swallowing of a person's pride to admit that we might be morally sick and in need of help. And today the primary part of this message is about the sickness of our souls and the condition of our relationship as it, as it, as it, as it pertains to our Heavenly Father. It's okay to be healed and, and walk out of a wheelchair, but the word of the Lord is clear and said it's better to enter the kingdom of heaven missing an eye or missing a hand than it is to have a whole body and to be perfectly whole and lose your soul in hell. So it's the soul that I'm reaching for today. It's the soul that I'm reaching for today. 
but it takes the swallowing of our pride to admit that we might need help from the Lord. We have to admit that we are sick, but might I submit to all of us, every one of us, Paul said we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if we were to be honest with ourselves, every one of us know that we are not whole. Some have yet to be born again. Some have not yet believed on him as the scripture has said. Some have decided to not follow after holiness, using the grace of God as a daily get-out-of-jail-free card so that we can live our carnal lives. Some who may have been born again, some of us are just walking about, going about our lives, doing decent, yet down inside of you, there is a yearning, there is a longing, there is a voice that lets us know that we are not living as abundantly as we ought to live. And the first step of being committed to the change that he has for your life. And let me ask you this. Is there ever anything in this great book or ever in the history of the world from the cross up until now that where Jesus put his hand on it and something fantastically, awesomely great didn't happen when Jesus puts his hand on it? He's got a change for you and I. He's got an abundant life for you and I. But the question that he has to ask, that we, that he's asking today, that we have to answer is, do you want to be made whole? Perhaps even the born-again believer has got to swallow as much pride as the, as the unbeliever. You've lived in the church for 30 or 40 years or for most of your life, and it's going to take some swallowing of your pride to admit and say, I'm not whole. I'm not living as abundantly as I ought to live. I am telling you, I'm not telling you to have all the I's dotted and the, and the T's crossed. I'm telling you to have your heart perfectly set toward him. There's some things that we have not committed ourselves to fully. We've got to be committed to the change. And the change starts with answering the question, do you want to be made whole? You see, the purpose of the answer the purpose of answering the question opens the door to the possibility of the cure. The purpose of the question is to, and the answer of the question is to open the door to the possibility of the cure. The Spirit does not pose a question without the power to perform the answer. I'll say that again. The Spirit does not pose the question without also having the power to perform the answer. To give you an example, if I was to walk to a starving man or you were and say to him, would you like some food? He's starving. He hasn't eaten. Say, would you like some food? And then we say, would you like some dinner? And then we just walk away from him and don't give him anything. God's not doing that today. You ever seen a child? Well, forget it. Let me forget about saying, have you ever seen a child? Have you ever done it? I know there's a large majority of us that somewhere in life we may have done it. You took that treat and that little thing, you put it in front of the dog. Here, boy. Here, boy. Here, girl. And you tease them with it and you pull it up just before they jump at it. You know, you know, it's a, we, every one of us would detest such an act even toward a dog. So what makes us think 
that our Heavenly Father is asking us the question, would you like to have this? And think that he's just going to pull it out of our grasp when we reach for it. No, 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 no. You know what God, you know what makes God's, you know what God makes God's uh, power great is because it's holy power. It can't, he can, he can do no wrong. It is impossible for him to lie. And so if the spirit is asking you the question today, has asked you the question in the past, do you want what I'm laying out in front of you? He's also given you the power to perform. The, there's power in it to perform the answer. If he's asking you if you want it, he's got it in his hand to give. The Bible said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I love to pray this. Father, if I ask for bread, you will not give me a stone. If I ask for fish, you won't give me a serpent. You said that you, if we being evil know how to give good things to our children, how much more shall you give the Spirit to them that ask? I'm telling you right now, he's asking, do you want to be made whole? And while he, on the backside of that question, there is the power to perform the answer. If you ask for bread, he will not give you a stone. As it was with this man, as it was with this man that lay there, the Bible said Jesus, seeing him, knew he'd been in that condition a long time. As it was with that man, Jesus and sees, Jesus, excuse me, sees and knows what we need, what you need, what I need. Jesus sees in us the possibilities that no one else sees. Clovis Chappelle said, he is the Christ of infinite hope. The one who took time to come back a second time for a doubting disciple named Thomas. He took the time to repeat the, the scene a second time eight days later for a man called a man called Thomas who was having trouble believing. The one who took the time to come back a second time to him says to us today, however you may have failed up until now, that failure does not need to continue. It does not have to be the end of you. Your condition does not have to be the end of you. There is a chance for your recovery. And he is asking, will you be made whole? And you say, Pastor, what do you mean there's a chance for our recovery? That's what we've got to get to. We think that every, I have never been to a funeral yet where a person didn't go to heaven. Every funeral I've ever been to, every person's gone to heaven. Every single one. Just ask the preacher who preached it. And I'm not trying to throw off. What I am saying is, is not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, is entering into the kingdom that is out of the mouth of the Lord. What do you mean there's a chance, pastor? What do you mean there's a chance? The Bible said, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken us. Let me tell you, if we give ourselves wholeheartedly to him, then our recovery is sure. Let me say it again. No matter where you are, no matter what's gone in your life, if we will wholeheartedly give ourselves to him, our recovery, our wholeness is sure as the rising of the sun and the setting of the same. 
Because God said, if my covenant with the day and the night can be broken, then every other one of my covenants can be broken. I challenge you to look out of your window where you are. Their sun is still shining. That covenant's still in force. And if the covenant that God made with the sun to rise every day and to set every night, then the covenant that's in his word, all of them are still true today. He, you can't break the covenant because the word of the king cannot be undone. I'm telling you, if we give ourselves wholeheartedly to him, then your recovery is sure. But if we will not give ourselves wholeheartedly to him, then there's nothing that can be done for us. Our human nature doesn't want to believe that. Human nature doesn't want to believe. Well, me, no, no, God can still. Listen, folks, we can't serve too. No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. Jesus said, if you don't come after me and, and, and put everything else in second place to me, he said, you cannot be my disciple. We could go on and on and on. He didn't tell me I had to have everything perfect in my life. He said, you've got to be following me. I've got to be number one. You've got to have your heart perfectly set toward me. Some would say, I have done that. I am in that place. Then, friend, you're in the place of a miracle-working God. Because if our heart is set toward him, his eyes are going to and fro, seeking to show himself strong on our behalf. I want you to remember that the paralytic man that we read about in, this, in, this, in this, this miracle, he laid there for years alone and without hope. It was only in the hands of Jesus that he found wholeness. And I want to tell us today as I'm hastening to a close that it will be the same for us. Today as we sit here, remember where you are, Jesus is both willing and able to cure us. He is both willing and able to deliver us. But he will not do it against our will. He can only stand at the door and knock, but we must open it. You want to understand the power of the human will? Well, let me say it to us this way. The power of the human will. The almighty God out of your life. The power of the human will can shut the almighty, all-knowing God out of your life and out of your soul. But if the power of our will, if we have the power in our will to shut him out, the other side of that coin is, if we will surrender that human will, then what becomes available to us is everything that God is Everything that God has promised, everything that he has becomes available to the one who surrenders everything to him. Let me give it to you in a scripture. If we are buried with him in the likeness of his death, then we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. If we'll surrender as he surrendered his will to the Father, if we will surrender the power of the human will. God is a lover of our souls. For this man, this paralytic man, the religious folks have been careless with him. I'm, but I feel, a, I feel a, a real need to reach to somebody today. For this paralytic man, the religious folks had been careless with him. His friends had forsaken him, but that did not need to prove fatal for him. He may have been alone. 
He may have been hopeless. But what this part one tells us, what this miracle tells us, is that did not have to prove fatal for him. There's some of you that are sitting under the sound of my voice. If you don't ever hear another word that I say, another message that I preach, can I say this to you? For that man, the only thing that could spell ruin for him was if he turned Jesus away. His friends might have forsaken him. The religious people might have abused him and not done him right. But the only thing that could have spelled his utter ruin and his utter destruction is if on this day he turned Jesus away. I'm speaking to somebody under the sound of my voice. You're watching right now. The church might not have done you good. The religious may have done you wrong. Friends that used to be your friends in the house of God may have seemingly forsaken you. But I want to speak to you that that doesn't have to prove fatal to you. That doesn't have to prove fatal to you. The only way that you, the only thing that can spell your utter ruin and your utter destruction is if we continue to turn Jesus away as he is reaching for us and calling for us as he asks us the question, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Sister Madison, come and get ready to sing. And where you are, I'm going to ask you to, if you stand where you are, if you stand where you are, if you begin to worship the Lord, do you want to be made whole? Wherever you are, wherever you are, it's your home. I ask you to step away just a little bit. Do something that says, I'm stepping out. Just do something. Because if we don't answer this question, if, we're not, if, we, if we won't swallow pride and answer this question, there's nothing else that can be done for us. Before the miracle can happen in your life, we've got to admit that we need him. Wherever you are, won't you step out from where you are? Those that are in the church here, come to this place. Find a place to pray. If all you got to do is take a couple steps forward, acknowledging I need some help, Lord. You see, right now you're battling with your pride. Even the believers who, even those husbands that got to step out in front of your families to say that I need help, you got to swallow that pride. You got to swallow that pride because Jesus is our only hope. 